Hi, Kat. Hey, how are you? I am hanging in. I know you are. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Just thanks for coming by. Heck yes. I know. It's a little, um, it's a hell of a lot easier to record this when kids are contained, right? Yes. Yes. Yours is at home. At home with the and, hub. Yeah, yeah, he's home from work. So awesome. that's great. Yeah, he was not home last time. He was time. not home last time. It was kind <laughs> of a disaster. To, he needs to stop leaving us. <laughs> I know, um, I know. He's so good, though. He's so patient with me. That's good. Not even with your kid, just with you. Just with me. That's all I ask. Milo is in the living room playing with Mike. Yeah, he is. Because he's an angel. Yes. Yep. Another godsend, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk to you about some crazy effing shit. Let's do it. Okay. So you sent me a text the other day about where we wanted to meet up if we wanted to do the podcast at my house or your house. And I sent you back, I think it was just a blank text that was like, my car was stolen. I think, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I got back from you. And I was like, what in the actual hell is happening? And I'm like, no, the story's too good. I have to tell you on the podcast. Yes, so, so I'm in suspense. <laughs> it's been days. I can only imagine. Okay, so Milo's dad. Um, I used to have a Pontiac Aztec that I drove from Ohio all the way to Elko when I decided to move. Right. And as, like, a gesture of kindness, I guess, Michael's dad, or Milo's dad, Michael, was like, hey, since you're moving out here and you need a more reliable car for the baby, I'm going to, we should just trade in your car and I'm going to buy you a new one as, like, a gift. Right. And I was, like, you know, I was, like, kind of uncomfortable with it for a while because, like, a car is kind of, like, a big deal. That is, that's a big purchase. And it's, like, yeah. thanks for carrying my child. Here's a car. Here's a car. Oh, and moving away from your family and your friends and your entire support system in your home to move to right mining town Elko, which right. I miss. I dearly do miss it. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, oh, yeah, come to the other side of the country. And as a reward... And I kind of, I'm looking back as we're going through this whole custody battle, and I'm like, what a sellout. Like, no. I feel like such a sellout. No. Um, Don't do that. I know. That's like the ultimate mom guilt. It's the Don't do worst. it. Don't do it. Oh, I'm, I'm dying a little inside <laughs> lately. But, so we, as we're going through custody battle, mediation, whatever, here in Utah. Right. They don't, cat like, they're kind of categorizing us as if we, uh, we're going through a divorce. Like, we're dividing assets. We're dividing parenting time. They're kind of treating it as, like, there's no difference. We were never married. We used to live together, and that's when this car was purchased. But, so the court is just kind of, like, Okay, he has his truck. This is your car. This is yours. Right. It's in the process of being awarded to me. But I take Milo to his first dentist appointment. Which is already stressful enough. Oh, my God. The right? dentist, he did not like it, first no. of all. Which, the dentist was so great. Good. We went to the Little People's Dentistry okay. here in South Jordan. Okay. 
Um, Good to know because I got to get Corbs to one. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. It's like Peter Pan themed. On the inside, they have like a little like Peter Pan tunnel with like a slide. It's really, really cute. And they're doing a $50 gift card for new clients. Done. So Mike and I are going to go out to dinner to Texas Roadhouse. Yes, you are. (laughs) And shout out to the Roadhouse. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I get done with Milo's doctor's appointment. And I get this call from, like, a no-caller ID, and I answer it, and it's this ultra-aggressive police officer. And she just instantly started digging in on me. And she's a Harriman police officer, mind you, so watch out for Officer Martin, which is funny because Mike's last name is Martin, so I'm like, did your aunt just assault me on the phone? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so she answered the, I answered the phone and she's there and she's telling me that I'm in like this breach of trust that I am driving a vehicle that's stolen. And if she pulls me over, she's going to rip me out of the car at gunpoint. She's going (gasps) to hand my child over to social services. She's going to arrest me for grand theft auto. Oh my God. Like, and she's like, I won't hesitate to throw you in jail. What? Senko. Who says that? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, obviously, Officer Martin. Like, a tiny shred of, like, just a a sliver of compassion. Nope. Right? She's like, I don't care if you're at your son's first dentist appointment. You need to return this vehicle right now. Oh, my gosh. Which makes you wonder what the story is that was told Right. To the police department, right? Yeah, so Michael must have called and been like, oh, this crazy lady who's... Right. Um, I don't even know. Who no. knows? Right. Because right. she's like, I'll rip you out at gunpoint. So I called her sergeant to report her. Right. Because oh I was God. like, this is aggressive. Can yeah. I make like a formal complaint? Right. And it's so bad because Herman just got a police department like a week ago. Oh, yeah. I live in Riverton, and we're still, like, unified or whatever. So it's not even, like, technically Riverton city limits police department. Right. Yeah, we over here in Harriman just got a police officer. Like, you know what's crazy is I called them once because I had a dispute happening outside of my home. Okay. um, With some neighbors, and it was getting very violent. Right. So I go to call the police station or, like, I was like, oh, Harriman Police Department and Unified popped up. And then I get this voicemail and it's like, you've reached Unified Police Department. Our business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Right? Please leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And I lose it because like I'm... From a place that has an actual oh yeah absolutely. working police department oh absolutely and uh, like you would never be in Cleveland and be like oh leaving no. a message oh no for someone to get back to you no. on Monday yeah no in Portland Oregon like the Portland police are all up in it all the time and even like the little suburbs that I lived in right like right I remember there was one time where. Um, we had just moved into the house we were living in and I kept hearing these noises and I wasn't sure what it was. And it, it sounded an awful, like a lot like gunfire, but like from a distance. Yeah. So I didn't know. And we were on the river and it was like, I was really kind of freaked out. And so I called and, you know, I didn't call emergency. I called non-emergency. And so then they called me back. (laughs) They were like, um, 
actually it's homecoming and those are fireworks. (laughs) I had that same feeling here. But it was like they answered the phone. Well, I, you know, I called and like spoke to somebody and they like took them info and then they had an officer call me back. And, but even in like a little tiny suburb of like Portland, Oregon, but like, yeah, I, yes. The whole police department situation here in Utah has been very interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe they're just learning. Maybe they're new. Maybe. I don't know. But okay. I like called so me to report. Martin is terrible. Oh my gosh. Beware. Uh-oh. I hope she's not listening. Beware. I hope she is because she's a psycho. Uh-oh. Um, so I called <laughs> and like made this report to her sergeant and he's like, Oh no. He's like, let me go ahead and like talk to her because it's out of her character to act like that. And I was like, if she's really like biting at the bit for that much action, maybe she shouldn't be a police officer in, in, Aram, in Utah. Utah. <laughs> like maybe she needs to go uh to it my home of Cleveland. More white <laughs> boring Mormon. Like, the whole place shuts it, down at it eight. Literally couldn't be more Stepford. Here yes. in, in Harriman. Pleasantville. Yes. Um, yes. So he's like, let me talk to her. I'll get back to you. Her response to him was that Michael, when he reported the car stolen, made me sound like a hostile aggressor. Quote, oh unquote. <gasps> um, okay. And if you guys have never met Emma in person, <laughs> she's literally like... <laughs> The most adorable, like <laughs> tiny, like glasses. Oh, and yeah, just, my big like, nerdy the glasses. Cutest little as a button person you've ever met. Like I could not even see you be aggressive, even if you, even if you tried. Oh, I'll, one of these days I might try because it would this be hilarious. whole situation is pushing my <laughs> limits of patience. So, yeah, so he reported my car stolen. Oh, my God. And then, so I get back, and I put my son down for a nap from his dentist appointment because right. it was a very overwhelming day. Sure, absolutely. And I get this, not quietly or peaceful, but this, like, SWAT banging door knock. Oh, yeah. And she is at my door in, like, a bulletproof vest. Jesus Christ. Like, like, I'm some kind of, like, top ten most wanted drug dealer or something. Like, I'm, oh like, God. kingpin of aggression. I don't even know. And so she is, like, all suited up. Like, she's going into a war zone. Jesus <laughs> I'm just sitting. I'm sitting in my bathrobe with my, like, fuzzy grandma slippers drinking some coffee. <laughs> she's like, you need to give me the keys immediately. She's like, if this is currently a civil matter, but she's like, if you don't hand me the keys right now, first thing Monday morning, I'm going to be here to arrest you and take you to jail. Oh, my God. She's like, I'll be waiting outside your door to take you for Grand Theft Auto. She's oh like, and then God. how are you going to be a mother to your son then? <gasps> like, psycho. Oh, hell no. Psycho. Because I was like, this is my primary vehicle. This was a gift that I received over two years ago. Right. Um, I'm a solo parent, single mom. Right. Um, Like, I have a toddler here who's, like, freaking bananas. What do you want me to do if he decides to jump off of the sofa for the third time today? Right. 
And then, like, cause physical harm, and you have to take them to the hospital. Right, and she's like, that's not my concern. Oh, Officer Martin. Mm. Tis, Mm -mm. tis, tis. Mm -mm. So I hand her the keys, and I watch Michael drive away. (gasps) So he was here. He was here. And so his lawyer, throughout this whole custody thing that we're going through, his lawyer sent over papers to my lawyer requesting that we do some kind of mutual restraining order sure to just limit the contact before we go to mediation and possibly court sure um and i think after his lawyers sat down with him they realized hey this dude's a fucking psycho sure we need to limit his contact (laughs) yes yes well so they submitted the paperwork to my lawyers and we signed off on it and everything right but his attorneys never filed it it was like a smoke show Weird. Which I don't think I'm using that term right because my boyfriend Mike calls me a smoke show all the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I'm using that term correctly. And I've never even heard that before. Really? No. Smoke show? Smoke I think show. it's like what he says to like attractive women. Like I hope. Like comment below right? if, if you anybody know, knows. If you know what smoke show is and that term is used definitely let us know because i don't know and i feel like i'm pretty like you're way hipper than me i'm i'm legit hip yeah that's how hip i am you know how unhip i am is the fact that i use the word hip like that's that's how unhip i am but yeah so his lawyer submitted us with this paperwork about a restraining order and I've been, like, sending emails because Michael has been, like, blocked from my phone. Right. Um, just because he's very, like, aggressive with his verbiage. Sure. Which, if you look at the definition, he's just very emotionally and verbally abusive. Yes. Um. So I just, I couldn't take it anymore. So I blocked him on my iPhone. Shout out to iPhone, by the way. Seriously. For having the most incredible features. Yes. Um, I used to be a Galaxy girl all the way, and you cannot do that with Samsung Galaxies. But iPhones, boom, touch of a button, done. Blocked, done, suck it. Yep. Um, But yeah, his lawyer never filed the paperwork. That is just, that's bizarre. Right. So he showed up at my house, banging on my door all morning while I'm trying to get, like, Milo dressed and, like, is this like bef- ready. before the car? Yeah, so I'm okay. trying to get my little dress and ready, and I don't answer it because we're running late. And then I see him as we're pulling out, and I get this email that I check. I don't check until later because I had to block him on my email, so all of his emails go to my spam. And he's like, you better turn around. You better come back here right now because you're now currently driving a stolen vehicle. What? And yeah, and like record, uh, like reported me to the police, and that's why the police were at my house. Oh my god! But I can't see this. His name might have also been on like the lending paperwork and whatnot, but it's in litigation to the judge that we're working with sure. to be awarded to me. Right. So I don't see how any of this is going to benefit him because we are in the midst. The peak of the peaks of our right, custody battle. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, 
That is insane. That's the most insane story. I mean, I went through some kind of insane stuff through my divorce, but nothing like that. Like, so my ex-husband would never, ever in a million years involve the authorities. I'm like that too. Right. Because he, I mean, he comes from um, very low income project sort of a lifestyle in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So he just was like, no, you know, I'm a black, you know, he's a black man in Portland, Oregon, right? <laughs> the last thing he wants to do is involve the authorities. Oh, absolutely. So he would never, ever, ever do anything like that. But he was definitely, um, we, we danced the dance of the empath narcissist vortex uh, for 14 years. Um, it was really ugly and really gnarly. And I didn't even know what was happening in my life. Like he had a really fabulous control and manipulation over me and my life and my decisions and how I like looked at life and things like that. So when we went through our divorce, that definitely carried over into it. Um, see, so I'm he would never. See that now. Yeah. Cause Mike is kind of helping me walk out of this cloud of control that I was living in for the past couple years and it's like it's affected me to the point where it's the way I look at certain things absolutely and the way like um just the way I talk about things Mm -hmm. or express Mm -hmm. things and he's like there it is again and he Mm -hmm. points it out immediately right and it's been great because he's kind of been like holding my hand and walking me back into the land of normal thinking. Right. But it's like when he points those out, I'm like, yeah, like I can't see like my way of thinking is completely brainwashed and fucked up. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And I didn't even realize it until after we started our divorce. Um, I, I think I had stumbled across an article, um, Somewhere on Facebook, probably, that talked about um, this empath-narcissist relationship, right? And because I remember when I first met him, like, I had all of the feelings and all of the emotions. Like, I could feel, like, I really felt like I was connected to people on, like, a deeper level. Um, And throughout our marriage, like, that just got squashed. Like I wasn't allowed to feel things. I wasn't allowed to have emotions. You know, if we were having an argument and I'd start crying, he would say things like, why are you trying to manipulate me with your emotions? Yeah. We would get to the end of a fight and I would be the one apologizing. And then I would take a step back and go, wait, what the fuck? Like, right. Why am I apologizing for you being a dick? Like, yeah, wait a second. Like what just happened here? And like, I didn't realize that. And so for 14 years, I mean, which is a huge, that's a large chunk of time. chunk of my life. I met with him when I was 18, right? A baby. I was just a baby. And so I put up with a lot of shit with this man over those 14 years. And now he's from San Francisco. He's from San You're Francisco. You're from Colorado. Uh-huh. You lived in Portland. Correct. Where did you even meet him? We were college sweethearts. That's cute. Not at all. Well, <laughs> if you take out all of if you the take extra, out all the crazy, if you just say we're college sweethearts, that's cute, right? 
end there. Draw the line yes. in the sand. Yes. So <laughs> I was introduced to him. Listen to this crazy story. So, uh, so I was introduced to him by a friend of mine. Um, we met at a party and immediately hit it off. Like we just immediately had this like super strong connection and fast forward about three years, that friend, my ex-husband and I were all roommates in Portland. Oh, fun. It gets even crazier. So my sister comes to visit one summer, her and my friend totally hit it off. <laughs> is that the man that she's divorcing? That right is now? now the man <gasps> that she's divorcing. What a Isn't that funny crazy? story. It's crazy. Yeah. It's super crazy. So, um, but anyway, so we met in college. I was 18. I met like the second semester of my freshman year of college, which is crazy. And then we didn't date, start dating until my sophomore year. Okay. Well, maybe it was like the end of my sophomore year. Um, we actually ended up working at the same restaurant. So I took a job over the summer. He went back to San Francisco for the summer. When he came back to get his job for the school year, I was working at that restaurant. And so I literally had walked out to like go bust a table and he's standing there talking to the manager. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? I was like, I work here. He's like, no, I work here. (laughs) (laughs) How crazy. It was super crazy. Yeah, it was really, really crazy. And so then we just kind of like crossed paths that first semester of our sophomore year. And then we started dating the end of my sophomore year. And then um, we broke up for a while. We did long distance. It was like the super dramatic, crazy thing. And then we decided that we were going to work it out. And part of that was going to be that I moved to Portland. So he flew out for my graduation. We packed up a U-Haul with all my stuff, my dog, and we drove up to Portland from Colorado. It was a crazy story. Crazy. Crazy Is that where you went to school was in Colorado? In Colorado. Yep. Nice. Up in the mountains. Shout out Western State. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of my crazy life. And it just was like, it was looking back on it now. So we've been divorced, um, five years, six, four, five, six years now separated for, I mean, it's been a total of seven years. So we separated in 2011 and, um, but looking back on it now and having had like a good seven years under my belt of kind of narcissistic detox right I can see the patterns I can see the crazy I can see where my life wasn't my own anymore and that didn't stop during our divorce I mean he definitely like kept those hooks in and I sat down with a girlfriend of mine one time and I was like oh my god I'm just like all this craziness is happening and he's just making it worse and he's saying all these like really shitty snarky things to me and Like, I just, I don't, you know, we wanted to keep it out of court because we wanted to try to save money, but it was just like, he was very verbally and mentally and emotionally abusive, um, which you can't go to court and say, I'm being abused, right? Because until you have physical evidence of being abused, like mental and emotional abuse isn't seen, right? That's so true. you can't, you can't prove that, and which is I'm not the most sure. frustrating. It, it, it is it so is frustrating. frustrating. I'm, I'm unsure about Utah, but I know when I was living in Elko, Nevada, 
they passed the law to where domestic violence covers verbal and emotional abuse. Right. Now, obviously, it can be fought. You sure. Know, sure. Like anything else, it can be right. fought or denied or whatever. Right. But, like, I brought up to my lawyer because his lawyers, Michael's lawyers, filed for this restraining order that apparently never got filed. Um, but he has been going at me in emails, um, and he was going crazy over in text messages when he was at my house. Um, like, I was on the phone with Mike one night, and he was, Michael was here visiting Milo. Right. And he, like, broke, he was, like, hammered drunk, because he brings a case of beer wherever he goes. Oh, my gosh. And broke into my bedroom (gasps) and was like, I want to talk to Mike. I want to talk to Mike. And, yeah, total psycho. And it's kind it is nice. Like, I'm kind of going through that detox phase still. Yeah. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, how did I let this happen? Right. What was I thinking? Right. Was I not thinking? Right. Like, is right. my thought process? What my thought process was? I've always been trying to do what's best for my son, and I think he has used Milo as a tool in his manipulation. Absolutely. For so long. Yeah. Because so one instance. We, this was like last week or a couple weeks ago, I told him, I was like, okay, like you can come see Milo for a few hours while I go to work. Right. Um, But my first appointment is in Ogden, which is not close to me. No, it's like 50 miles north, right? (laughs) It's not close. It's like like 50 minutes, I think. It was like an hour to get there. Um, But I I was like, my first appointment is at 9 a.m. in Ogden. I was like, so you need to be here by 7.30 when Milo wakes up. He wakes up at 7.30 anyway. Right. Um, and he didn't show up. And then Best. all day, I got phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. I have voicemails of him crying on my voicemail mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I can't believe you're doing this. You're so disgusting. You're keeping a son away from his father. I'm like, I'm not. You didn't, you didn't show, show up. up. You were sleeping off a hangover. Right. And my lawyers are fighting for um, full legal and parental custody, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yep. Supervised visits because he's been extremely abusive and negligent to not only me, but our son. Right. And in parenting classes and an alcohol assessment. Yes. So he can only have supervised visits. Once he completes parenting classes and yep. an alcohol assessment. Right. Well, no. I think it's he can have supervised visits after the alcohol assessment. Uh-huh. And then he can have, um, he has to do the parental classes, which I think are like once a week for 8 to 12 weeks. Sure. And then we can start looking into actual, like, within six months time, look at, like, right. mild just daily visits. Solo right. visitation. Right. right. And it's not like I'm this person who's just going to keep my son away from his dad. I want to protect him and keep him safe. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But if he does all of the things that I think he needs to do, because Milo's my first kid, I took the parenting classes at the hospital all throughout my pregnancy. Right. They were free. So if you are currently pregnant, 
check out your local hospitals Absolutely. because that's where I found mine. Is I called to schedule, so I was watching um, YouTubers, like mommy YouTubers, YouTubers yeah. who are pregnant, they're yeah. documenting, giving updates, things like that. And one of them mentioned that she was doing a tour of the labor and delivery. Yes. And I was like, well, I want to do a tour. Yeah. So absolutely. I called. And the hospital gave me all of the information on the parenting classes. Yep. Um, and it went all the way from things that you can do during your pregnancy all the way to toddlerhood. Yeah. It was fantastic. It's in, an amazing resource. Incredible. And they were completely free. Amazing resource. Once a week, Thursday yep. evening for like yep. an hour or two. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. It's fantastic. So, and I asked Michael a dozen times. I'm like, you come with me. Like, I'm the only person that's there sitting by myself. Right. So not only right. are they a good resource of information, but like I was sitting there, I was alone. I was looking at all of these couples. Right. And then I moved away from my friends and my family. So like there was this one girl who wasn't married, but like yeah. her mom was with her. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm out in Elko by myself. Right. He has done his job in his controlling behavior of, like, isolating us. Yep. And now I'm, like, sitting alone at these parenting classes. They were a good information, but I was a little salty about being alone. But now it's, like, now he has to go take them. Right. Because Milo had an ear infection, and he didn't give him any of his antibiotics. He didn't give him any Tylenol to break his fevers. That's just miserable. Like, he doesn't... So I'm like, well, now you're going to have to take them. You're going to have to take them alone like I took them alone. Right. Um, And that was like the biggest thing for me is, you know, really looking at, you know, you're right. Because the controlling behavior is beyond, it it spans across all aspects of your life to the the isolation, like the forced isolation, separating you from friends and family. Um, I remember when my parents decided to move to Portland. So it was right before my oldest son, Xavier turned one and he was pissed. Like he was really, really angry that my parents were going to be there. And I think it's because he knew like my mom had his number. Like my mom knew, like she had him pegged from the moment he was an hour and a half late to our wedding rehearsal. She had him pegged and she was like, you ever let my daughter down? She actually told him <laughs> in the church at our wedding rehearsal. She was like, if you ever disappoint her again in this capacity, like you and I are going to have a conversation. And I promise you throughout our separation and divorce, they had many conversations. Like my mom was not afraid to like call him on his shit. You know, what's crazy with you bringing that up is so many people in my life told me when I was planning on moving out here to not do it. Yeah. Don't trust him. Yep. It's not safe. You're yep. going to regret it. They all they saw all it. Saw like I was it. living in this glass house. Yep. And I'm the only one that couldn't see out. Yep. And I was like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, yep. I was like, no, this, he says, this is going to happen. Yep. This is the way things are going to be. Like, it's going to be healthy. It's not going to be like it was. And I made all of these excuses Yes. all the time. Yes. And I, would, I didn't even yeah. think twice about it. Yep. The majority of my marriage to him was making excuses. Uh-huh. Um, he wouldn't come to family events or he would be late. 
Um, you know, I usually knew what he was up to when he was late, but it was like, oh, he had to work or, oh, he had to whatever. And I, like, I felt like I had to protect him instead of like letting everyone see him for who he really was. Like I continued, I perpetuated that lie of who he was. The time management thing is one of the first characteristics that people can notice of somebody who's a bit of a narcissist or like controlling. Absolutely. Because if they are going to, like, say, like, your family reunion. Right. That's the only thing that they can control in that situation is when they show up. up. Mm -hmm. And being late is kind of like that alpha dog, kind of like, this is my dominance. I'm going to show it by being late. I will show up when I want to show up. And your time is not of importance to me. Right. Yes. Yes. 14 years. (laughs) Of being late. 14 years of being late, not showing up, um, or showing up and leaving early. Like, that was another one that would drive me crazy. Or he would, like, you know, need to run an errand or whatever. It just, it was, it was constant. It was absolute constant control and, and manipulation. It was ridiculous. Um, so we didn't go through the courts for our divorce. We really... Neither one of us were really making a whole lot of money at the time, but I knew I knew that I couldn't be married to that man another day. Like it just was once I finally kind of woke up to what my life was, there was no more. Right. There was no more. Like I was emotionally shut off. I was mentally the most courageous I had ever felt in my entire life. That's how I the feel right now. The day that I told him, I said, because he used to work graveyard, and he came home one day, he would show up at like, oh, I don't know, like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. And on Sundays, like his big thing was like to go to church, which if anyone knows me knows that that is not my jam. But as like the doting wife, I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll go. We'll take the sun. Like, it's fine. And he got home and usually I would be ready and Um, Xavier would be ready and we would just wait for him to shower and then get dressed and then we would leave. Right. Um, and I was still sitting on the couch, had my jams on, hadn't showered. I had Xavier ready, but I was not ready. And he walked in he's like, aren't you coming today? And I was like, I'm not going any with you, where with you ever again. And it was that moment that it just like switched, like the tables turned and pajamas was, on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Was you putting your foot down? Was me putting my foot down. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And I told him deadpan. Like there was no emotion. Was there a mimosa it. involved? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Was there some TiVo? Oh my like, goodness. Lifetime movies? I'm sure there was probably some like binge watching of something happening. And um, it was, it's all kind of a little bit of a blur looking back, but that was like a very defining moment for me that like really sticks out. And he was like, oh, like he was really taken aback. He was shocked. And so he took Xavier, they went to church. And during the time that they were gone, I literally like, I literally planned my escape from my marriage. Um, I love the fact that you use that phrase, planned your escape. Yes. Because I have been, I've been planning, I feel like my escape since I was still living in Elko. Yeah. I thought Salt Lake was going to be my escape. I thought I was going to go back to work. I thought I was going to 
do all of these things, get some separation. But um, he came here, and Milo, it was around the time we had all those fires. Yeah. I got sick. Milo got sick. He had an ear infection. He had fevers all the time. He was teething really bad. I couldn't take him to daycare. I was working the bank job that we discussed last week. Yep, terrible. Um, And he just wasn't taking care of him. He wasn't giving him fluids. He wasn't giving him medicine. He wasn't breaking his fevers with, like, any kind of Tylenol or baths or anything. Yeah, anything. Um, And then I I got back from work if I even was able to go at all because he'd be like, you can't go to work today. You have to take care of the baby. So I called off five times within my first 30 days. And my boss, and I've left early three times. Right. And my boss was like, I really appreciate what you're trying to do. To do. Right. Um, and she was a mom, like we talked about, and she was like, like something's gonna have to change. And I'm like, there's no way. I don't yeah. I don't see how right. it's gonna be any different. Right. Um, so like I was asked to resign and that was like another thing. So like he's been using that as like, I think if he takes my car away and he gets me fired from my job and yes. if I get so low, then I want to be with him because like, yes. that's his new thing lately is, oh, I want to be a family now that you live in Salt Lake. Well, my zip code changed, but Milo and I are still the same. Right. Like what? Too happened? little, too late, bro. Right. Yeah. Too little, too late. And like, luckily I am in probably the best healthiest and happiest relationship I've ever been in now with Mike. Legit, Mike is like the jam. He's the best. He had spinach and artichoke dip today. It was really good. Which, how many of you out there (laughs) have not had that before? Because am I seriously the only one who has not tried that? You might be in the minority. (laughs) (laughs) Because I could eat that shit by the poundful. You know I, I really love, love that stuff. Those little cheese dome balls that you get on like Thanksgiving, and you like scrape them with crackers. It's like the wine cheese. Oh yeah, yeah, with like the nuts on the outside of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's my jam. <laughs> I'm new to the spinach and artichoke dip world, but I tried it. It was good. It was cheesy. There was no spinach to be found. It was, was mostly it cheese and artichoke. Well, it I was, think it was if delicious, y'all. You. As you get to know Mike, you would realize that health is not always his main <laughs> priority in life. Like, that's all right. Which, that's who cares? Right. Health, like, it's so funny because he used to do, um, like, professional sports and, like, sports in college. He was a yeah. baseball player. Right. So, I'm sure, like, when you're a sports person, you have to eat healthy. You have to work yes. out all the time. Yes. Yes. And that is your life. Now it's he's to be like, in optimal shape. I love spinach and artichoke dip. <laughs> Minus the spinach and add cheese. <laughs> add extra cheese. It was so good. I'm not going to lie. It was good. It was very good. Um, But yeah, I think like I was already at this turning point in my mind of I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And like that flip, like a switch of yes. like any door that could have possibly had the even like inkling sliver of a crack in it left like it just like slammed shut yes and I was like no yeah yeah 
don't know what to tell you, but yeah. um, I'll tell you no. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, like that was such a defining moment. And I think it was because, I mean, over the 14 years I had learned to not be emotional, not show my emotions, not um, uh, have an opinion, not do any of that. Right. And that day, that day literally was like an absolute switch had flipped. You and are I, so brilliant and vibrant. I can't imagine you. even, you're welcome. Thank you. I cannot even imagine like knowing you back then because I feel like when you're someone who's in a situation like that, your mind and your personality are like on mute. Absolutely. They're still playing in the background. Yes. Things are yes. happening, yes. but you're a little muted. Absolutely. And that's what I was like for the past yeah. two years. And I yeah. cannot even picture you being like that. Because yeah. you were like this bright <laughs> ray of sunshine. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's funny because my husband today, he actually, not today, but like in, in who I am these days, um, when we first met, he was just like, you know, I love like strong, independent women and this, that, and the other. And I had never really seen myself like that before. Right. You know, because 14 years I lived, you know, under the thumb of somebody else. Right. And I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. I wasn't allowed to have emotions. I wasn't allowed to have feelings. I wasn't allowed to express those in any way, which that was one of the things that I loved about myself prior to that is I was very expressive and very emotional in the right way, in an appropriate right. way. <clears throat> and I had all of the feelings and that all kind of shut down. And, um, and so when I met my husband, he actually said to me one day, like I was telling him some stories and I mean, and some of them get pretty like gross and dark of during my time being married to this man. And he was like, I just can't, I can't see you like that. Like, I just can't right. see you like so like submissive and so yeah. like um, doormatty. He's like, I just don't see that. And I was like, well, this might sound terrible, but you have him to thank for who I am today. Because had he not ever treated me that way, had he not ever put me through all of that, right? I wouldn't be here standing who I am today. I'm a huge person who thinks like everything happens for a reason and within, within context. Right. Yes, of course. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that was just our maybe. little destiny Maybe because I, before I had Milo, so obviously motherhood changes you. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. So before I had Milo, I was this like free spirit. I bounced around all over the place been to almost every city in this country. I was a little so cool. nomadic. Yeah. It was cool. It was a terrifyingly exhilarating time in my life. Yes. And I'm so glad I got those experiences out of the way. Absolutely. Um, like if I would have had Milo and like, like if I was like a teen mom or yeah. something, I yeah. think there would always be that little like question in the back of my head. I wish I like, would have. I wish I would have. <laughs> yes. Um, but now I'm like, I'm so glad I did some of the things right. that I did. Yes. Obviously, there's regrets in everyone's life. But this has changed me, I feel like, even more. 
Oh, like yes. I'm more motivated. Yeah. Like, obviously I want to go to work. I want to make my money. I want to provide a life yes. and support. You know, I got to be a grown up, get my shit together. Adult life. <laughs> adult life. I got to sit down <laughs> and, and write out bills and I got to like make sure my rent is paid and like yes. my friends are going on vacation. I can't yeah. just bail, up and go. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's made me stronger because now I'm like, I want to be better than you. Yes. Like I have this competition going on with him because he, I don't know how it's one of those man jobs where he makes a pretty healthy living. And it's like, my job isn't like a man job. I'm just an insurance broker, but it's easy. You're not just anything. <laughs> I know. You are not just that, anything. That is one of the things that Mike <laughs> has been working on. Because I'll be like, oh, I'm just this or I'm no, just that. You are an insurance broker. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Number 13 in my company. <laughs> Thank you. Hell yeah, um, <laughs> My first 30 days, by the way. Baller. Um, <laughs> cheers, cheers to that. Yes. But now it's like, if he decides to, because he decided to take his per diem out of his income. Okay. And his per diem is what he gets for having a residence in Utah and working in Nevada. Okay. They, like, pay him a daily rate okay. for, like, travel. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Um, which is like $38,000 a year. What? Yes. What? So he had an option every time he would get a raise. It, he could have it towards his just hourly rate or his per diem, which is an untaxed income. So he's always been like, okay, just put it towards my per diem. So every time he gets a raise, it goes towards his per diem. And he gets like $1. twenty-five raises at a time. Oh my like God. $1.75, $5, right. $2. Right. right. And, uh... So that has added up, and he decided to withhold that information when his lawyer was doing his child support calculations. I hope you mentioned that. Oh, absolutely. It's the first thing I mentioned because (laughs) I do, I I did everything. Because, like, with my financial background, I did taxes, and with the car, I did everything for like all of the lending. Yes. I submitted everything to the lender. I, had access to his accounts and his like pay stubs and I know what he makes and he's told me numerous times so when I looked at his like calculation I was like he's a couple thousand dollars off yeah um and that comes from her yes yeah uh so not only did he steal my car but he's lying at oh the paperwork, because at the paperwork, every this time you submit, me right now. every time you submit something, you have to sign it, and it's yes. like, I hereby believe that the above stated whatever whatever is honest and true, true to the best of my ability. Right. Well, apparently he doesn't have any ability because they were not true. Oh my gosh. Um. It, but yeah, Michael and my ex husband could literally be. Literally be cut from the same cloth. Best friends, BFFs. Oh my god, they are legit BFFs because linked at the hip. Two pieces. I <laughs> swear, when I when we went through our child support thing, my ex husband did the same thing. Like he totally. So like I filed the paperwork, I submitted. Like I was paying the child care at the time. We had um. Oh, you're gonna love this. Speaking of child care, this cracks Mike up to this day. 
he said that he doesn't want to pay half of childcare costs because if I was with him, I wouldn't have to work. That doesn't mean shit. Mike looked at me with the biggest eyes when I got that email and started cracking up laughing. Like, who does this guy think he is? Yes. Yes. Insane. Yeah. So we had, right when we separated, we had agreed that um, my ex-husband would pay because I never wanted to not have access to childcare. So we had basically split it that he would pay our, um, our car insurance. No, no, no. Our cell phones and something else. I don't remember what it was. And then I would pay for our car insurance and our childcare. Okay. So whatever, whatever the other one was, and I don't remember what it was. It was, it was a pretty equal financial split. And so when we went through the whole custody thing, he like totally submitted these like bunk ass documents saying that he had child care of his own and he was paying like $400 a month. Oh, where do I get child care like that? Because right. mine is not $400 a month. Seriously. So <laughs> it's, it's like this whole crazy thing. Basically, he had submitted bank account records from his girlfriend showing his direct deposits into her account claiming that was his child care, which is BS. We all know that's BS. So, uh, the very first thing that I did was actually, no, I was actually getting ready to go to my sister's 30th birthday in Vegas. He called me and it was so much fun. Oh my God. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) I got some, that was, that was juicy. Uh, cause I was newly separated in Mm -hmm. Vegas. Yeah, it was. Um, so he called me the night before I was getting ready to fly to Vegas. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm dropping you from the cell phone plan. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So you drop me from the cell phone plan. I drop you from the car insurance, right? Like that's, that's how that works. Yeah. And so I went to Vegas. I was like, just wait until I get back from Vegas and then we'll work this out. Get back from Vegas. I go to AT&T. Totally plead like the ear of this gal. She was super awesome. I think she'd probably been scorned at least once before. And she hooked (laughs) me up, like pulled me off the account, hooked me up with my own account, like no transfer fees, like no account fees. Like it was super great. So I sent him a text. I was like, hey, I have my new cell phone plan. Uh, You know, just so you know, same number. I'm off your plan. Don't even worry about it. A couple days later, he calls me and he was like, "Uh, so am I still am I still on the car insurance? No. Like, no, sure not. Cause remember when you dropped me from the cell phone plan or I had to go get my own, I dropped you from the car insurance. That was the agreement. Right. Why? He's like, Oh, well, I mean, everybody's fine, but we were in a car accident today. (sighs) Too bad. And my son is in the car with him. So I mean, just like shit like that. Shit like that, where it's See, like we're fighting for a dollar amount. Can't you just get your shit together enough to adult for right? I mean, come on. See, we're gonna have what's called like a neutral pickup, where Michael yes. eventually, when he can earn his solo yes parenting time, mm-hmm. um, he's gonna pick up and drop off at daycare. Yes. And then what we're doing is we are fighting for a dollar amount so I can just go ahead and just pay whatever bills I have. Yes. 
with a dollar amount because we want to limit contact at all possible. Yes. Like anywhere we can nip and tuck contact, yes. we yes. will make that facelift. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really important, I think, when you're dealing with somebody of this caliber of narcissistic behavior. Right. Um, any place that you can cut and sever that connection is 100% important. And one of the things that a girlfriend told me during this divorce, because I was just like, I was really numb to the whole thing just because I was really numb to life in general. Yeah. And my girlfriends um, will attest to this for the longest time, even still now, <laughs> they always say like, oh, so that gaping hole where your heart should be. <laughs> just because I was so shut off for so long right. that that was like a state of norm for me. And it still kind of is like, I mean, I have empathy and I have sympathy. I just, I don't, I don't do, I don't really do the emotions, which has its backfiring moments because when you ignore those, right. what happens is they compound and they turn into these panic attacks. That's a whole nother story. But anyways. We will have an episode. Yes, we will. On living with anxiety. anxiety as a mother. Yes. Yes. Super important. So important. So I'm, I'm learning to manage that and I've found some really amazing ways to manage that. But so she sat me down and because I walked into the office that I was working at at the time. I was like, oh, so I'm getting a divorce. And she was like, wait what? Like you were just married yesterday. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you just walk up to me and deliver that news? And there's no emotion. There's no crazy. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel really detached from the whole thing. Right. Which kind of started to unravel after a while. I really started to kind of get undone around the whole thing. And it was mostly around the custody and missing out right. on holidays and, you know, splitting up my time and spending time away from Xavier, which he and I had spent every day together from the day he was born. So the right. idea of spending time away from him was very traumatic. Um, so that kind of yeah. started to unravel a little bit. And that same girlfriend came to me and she said, everything, you need to draw a line in the sand. There's pre-divorce and there's post-divorce. And that line in the sand is now the business of getting divorced. So your responses to him are yes, no, based on facts in writing, submitted through the attorney, just like you would in a business. See, it is the business of getting divorced. Mike is trying to get me to follow that advice so hard because I am an emotional person. Yes. I. So this whole car situation. Yes. His mom, so the officer said that they spoke to Michael and they spoke to his mom who is, like, apparently, like, he's claiming her address is his own. She um, has some kind of hold onto the vehicle, I guess. And all of this stuff is going on. And I was like, I, I can't take it anymore. I have to say something. I was yeah. like, who does this to the... Yes. Like, I'm out here. I don't have any kind of, like, support system. Right. I'm miles away from home. I'm a working solo parent. I'm not even going to call myself a single mom because I'm a solo parent. He has done no parenting for right. two years. Right. I'm a solo parent. And you're going to sit here and, at like, once I move to a city that you requested that I move to, I give you guys everything you've ever asked for. You're going to try to get me arrested for Grand Theft Auto and, like, steal my car? <laughs> so crazy. 
Like, I am not fast and furious. <laughs> like, like, I am. There is no Vin Diesel up in this story. Well. At all. Maybe I mean, at night in my dreams, but. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, you people are disgusting. Don't talk to me. Yes. But that's what they it, want. That's I know. what narcissists want is they uh, want that emotional fuel. They want to know I that they know. have triggered you to the point where you are going to emotionally. Because then they get to flip it and go. You're crazy. Oh, yeah. Look at, look at, look what you said. Look what you did. I know. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have done it if you weren't a fucking psychotic bastard. Right. Sorry. Rant over. Mom's but pissed. anyways. This is the real world right over here. So it's like they, they push and they push and they push and they push until you break and then you're the crazy person. And so exactly. that. Exactly. That has been the past two yes. years of my life consistent back to that back. That line in the sand was literally like another like, oh moment for me where I was like okay and still to this day it's been seven years since we separated I'm gonna have to focus on this whole line in the sand thing yes no yes very clear very clear Mike yes you brought it up to me and I've been taking your advice Tara's just kind of solidifying that advice you're welcome (laughs) um yeah but it's literally like you know they ramble on in a text and you're like what's your question what do you need from me? You know, and just being very dry, very clear. Um, my ex-husband is also a master of um, if he knows that it's going to trigger an emotional response or he wants more than an, a yes or no answer. And he knows that he's trying to kind of like skirt the like documentation route. He'll call. I'm nodding my head right now. Yes. Because so he'll that's call. what happens. I have so many voicemails, <laughs> so many text uh-huh. messages from Michael saying, please call, yeah. please call me. Please call me. This is regarding our son. Please call me. Yes. Yes. And then I will, he'll just, he'll just freaking yes. lose it. So what I've started to do or what I did at the time, it's gotten better. I think, you know, again, we've had seven years under our belt. So I very much remember being where you are. Like right. I really, that's like, you were like in like the, the throes of all of it. And I remember it so clearly now it's seven years later. So it's a little bit better, but he would call and we'd have like this emotional, like back and forth, like tit for tat kind of a conversation. And then what I started doing is actually following it up with the text. So what we agreed upon during our phone conversation today was blah, 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 blah. See, Mike's been trying to train me into thinking like a lawyer. Like you yes. have to have proof. You have, you to, have, have to have evidence and documents. And it is fucking exhausting. It's so exhausting. Oh it's my exhausting. God. And the thought. I of, don't even have time to check my Facebook, let alone document everything crazy that Michael has ever done in my life. Didn't bathe my kid last week. Well, Couldn't even think about putting any documentation together. Right. It's right. like, it's things like that. But. I wish I would have done it sooner than when I started doing it. That's the advice I'm giving to my sister, my baby sis. She's going through this bullshit right now too. So I told her the same thing. I said, keep a calendar, keep a calendar of the days that he's supposed to pick up the kids and doesn't keep a calendar that shows the nights that you have him. So that when you do go to court, if you have to go to court, you have proof that, Hey, listen, I'm going for sole custody because this asshole hasn't shown up in the last 90 days. Right. He's had the kids two nights over the last 90 days. He has refused to participate over the last 90 days or whatever. Right. 
I wish I had done that sooner. Like there's a lot now that I know that I had done earlier. It's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. And you want, you really only want what's best for your kids, no matter how fucked up the situation is. Like, that's really what it boils down to is you want to like create this big giant, like bubble around your child and protect them from all of the bullshit. It's hard when that's their other half of their family as well. Yes. It's, it's crazy because I feel like I'm trying to protect Milo from people who don't have his best interest, his health, his safety, his happiness at the base of their actions. Yes. But then again, I'm looking at them and I'm like, unfortunately, this is his family. That's his family. This is his family. This is his dad that I'm doing this for. Like, this is, I'm trying to protect him. And it's not like I was raised in some (laughs) foo-foo loving household, but like, I'm, it just, it saddens and breaks my heart that I'm even happening to protect my son from people who are supposed to love him. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing that's the most frustrating is, is I, we are two grown ass adults and I am expecting you to hold up your end of the deal of being a grown ass adult. Right. When you're not, and it comes back to bite our son in the ass, like I'm not concerned about me anymore. Like I'm kind of, I feel like I've tapped out of that whole thing because really what it's about now is our son who is 12. Like Xavier's 12. So he's no dummy. I love that name, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. So he, he's no idiot. He can see what's going on. He can, he knows, you know, he knows his dad's kind of a piece of shit. But what else am I supposed to do? You know, and I tell him that all the time. Like, I'll talk to him and I'm like, listen, dude, like, if I could, I would, but I can't. Like, this is what it is. This is the rules that I have to follow until you're 18. I feel like that's my biggest struggle is because I get the most mom guilt because Milo is the one who's going to have to suffer from my one bad decision. I like I did that to him. (laughs) You got to let that shit go. I know you got to let it go. It like eats me up every single day of my life. Yeah. And I think it's, it's hard right now because you're in the throes of it again. I think because you're so like in the thick of it, you know, once like, this has passed and once it kind of trickles off a little bit and you guys kind of hit your stride and you hit a routine, you know, that will fade a little bit. You know, I just, I feel like it is what it is. We have to acknowledge that. We have to be thankful for what we have. Like you have the cutest, so healthiest, cute. like rambunctious, perfect little boy out there. So you have to just take that and just be like every day, like, this is what I have, like, and really start to kind of like separate that. And it's hard. I get it. It's so hard. Oh, it's so hard. Dude, motherhood, like the struggle is so real. It's so hard. Like it's it's out of control. Like just like the mental back and forth. I feel like my brain is no longer a brain. It's just a tennis court. (laughs) And the tennis ball machine is throwing 500 balls a second. Yes. And it's like, I just, I occasionally, I get lucky and I hit one. Yeah. 
That's, that's, that is like the perfect analogy of motherhood. And it's that's like, that's how I feel. But I think like, I think the thing that I want you and like all moms to know, like this is kind of like my mission in life is like imparting upon moms, especially new moms and young moms is like, nobody has their shit together. No, nobody has their shit together. There might be like the anomaly mom out there who has her shit together. You know who has it together? I've been watching the Real Housewives of the OC, like rewatching it from Hulu. And Heather Dubrow has three nannies and only four kids. She has her fucking shit together. Well, she ain't got no shit to handle. She has no shit to handle, <laughs> right? Dreamlike. She doesn't have to fucking do a damn thing. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think we as moms get caught up in the comparison game. We get caught up in. I do that a lot. What we're seeing, what we're reading, what we're hearing, what's on social media, what's not on social media. What's not on social media is that nobody has their shit together. Yeah. Whether they're still married or not, whether they have two kids or 15, like nobody has their shit together. People, moms are losing their minds across the United States. They're losing their tempers. They're losing their patience. They're feeding their kids processed food. They're drinking wine at night. They're waking up late. They're scrambling out the door. They're fucking doing their best that they can. What a fucking awesome outlet we have. And I wonder how many moms out there are just like sitting there, this whole show, nodding their heads, yes. sipping their wine, being like, these people are going through real life. Like, yeah. I think yeah. it's really cool that in today's technology, we have just the power just to sit and yes. hang out and talk to each other. Yes. And touch the ears of moms all around the world. And I hope so mind blowing. It is. It is. And I hope and I hope that there is a mom out there listening who is like, oh my God, like I feel like I'm all alone. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, girlfriend, you're doing just fine. The loneliness and motherhood is the realest deal. It is. And it, to be away from your support system. I think that needs to be our next show. I think so. Is because we're loneliness both, and anxiety. Yeah, because we're both complete transplants. Cheers to that. Yeah. We're not from here. Nope. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but yeah, I think that that's. I mean, that's really. I mean, when you asked me to be a part of this, like that was like the thing that just kind of like really pushed me to want to be a part of this is to like put a voice to real mom life right. and to really hopefully catch the ears of some moms out there who are struggling or maybe aren't struggling, but are don't want to feel alone. Exactly. In being a fucking shit show. I love that you saw the bigger <laughs> picture of yes. this whole deal. Like this isn't just a weird thing. Like it's kind of weird recording our conversation, but like, if you like really think about it, but like it, it, it can be so much bigger. It really I can. love that you saw like my vision. Yes. And I feel like this isn't the first time that I've had this conversation. You know right. what I mean? But I can only talk to so many people. But if we do it like this, 
Like we have can fun touch, with it. Yes, and we wine. can touch so many people this way. Yeah, and not in a creepy kind of touchy way, but like in a really positive right way. I don't know if I told you, <laughs> but we might be doing a live podcast here in the Salt Lake City Valley, but also we might be traveling over the summit, going through a canyon oh to Park City for Sundance. That would be so much fun. Um, if you guys aren't already following, make sure to follow our social media. Uh, we will give dates and information and updates on all of the events that we do. So you can follow us on Instagram at Mommy Wines Podcast. And you can also hit up our Facebook page. Which is the same, Mommy Wines Podcast. Awesome. So they yeah. finally changed the name. Well, that's our handle on Facebook. Okay, perfect. But the name is still Emma and Tara. Perfect. Facebook yeah, and fine. I are having a fight still, over the name of our page. I will win this fight. Facebook just doesn't know it yet. I have all the faith in you. <laughs> I've kind of handed over the social media reins to Tara because I I just can't right now. I and can't, that's kind of my jam. I can't even, but you can, so it's Thanks. great. It's fun. Um, But yeah, I think that's going to be the end of our show today. I think so. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. If any, me too. And it's so nice. Like, this is such an outlet for me. Like, I love it. I love how you're so relatable, and if anybody else out there is going through a custody battle or as a solo parent, single mom, yes. going through a divorce, reach yes. out to us. Chit chat with us in the comment sections of our posts on Instagram, or leave us a message on Facebook if you want to be a little bit more discreet, but we'd love to hear from you. Please do. Um, and if you like this video or podcast, this is a podcast, right? So I know. Say, we should start doing videos, though. We should. If you liked it, go ahead and give us five stars on podcast.com or a thumbs up on YouTube. Awesome. Thanks, Emma. You're welcome. Thanks for sitting with me. Heck yeah. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Next week. Bye, guys.